This episode is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And Court, it's that time of year. It's incredible how fast Thanksgiving comes up on us, but it's here. Yeah. And the first thing you want to do is start thinking about Zupan's because you can reserve your whole Thanksgiving feast or part of it at Zupan's.com. They have turkeys, sides, pies, and more. Speaking of pies, they have everyone's favorite, Loretta Jean's Pies at Zupan's now, considered one of the best pie shops in Portland, which is redundant to what I just said. It's it's a great pie shop. It's really great. In fact, we ordered some of those. We did our pie shopping and our holiday feast shopping just last night. We should point out, you've got to do it if you're going to do it by November 25th at midnight. So you get that order in. No, and and if I recall, it's November 28th this year, so that's two or three days. Two or three days in advance so they can get it all prepped for you. And then you can pick it up, I'm sure, that day or the day before. Anyway, check on the website. That's another reason to go to zoopants.com. And you may say to yourself, I did it last year. What's new? They've got some new offerings in there, including some some bisques and like some pureed cauliflower that they haven't had in years past, so it looks pretty good. Yeah, uh, Chef John Eisenhart is not fooling around. No, not at hands. all. It's one of, you know, one of your, he's he's creating some incredible things. Yep. While you're on the website, zoopans.com, looking at that, you can also check out their great events coming up. The Farm to Market Release Dinner happening on November 23rd. November 23rd. Thirth. <laughs> That's happening at the Burnside Cellar Z. You can meet the brewers from Breakside Brewery and Reverend's Nat's Hard Cider as well as label artist Eric Abel. And there's the Bubble Z in the Breezeway, November 29th. It's an evening of champagne and hors d'oeuvres featuring the limited edition Dom Perignon 2008, inspired by, of all people, Court? Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, I'd be interested in some Dom Perignon inspired by, by Lenny, Lenny Kravitz. Kravitz. Then I'm sure it rocks. Uh, you can buy those tickets, by the way, at zoopans.com. And that's always where we tell people to go to sign up for the news feed because of these great exclusive offers and deals that they get. Next week, it's a little sneak preview. So next week, when you spend $20, which would be November 29th to the 1st, uh, you're going to get some free Zoopans chili. Nice. Three locations, McAdam, West Burnside, Lake Oswego, and always where? Zoopans.com. It is time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast, right at the fork, with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. Is that where I'm from? Well, that's what, what? You, that's what you're, that's, I don't know how, I don't want to say your work defines you, but that's how a lot of people know you. Yeah. Well, but you're, you're from, you're from Connecticut. Well, no, I'm, I consider myself an, an Oregonian. Yeah. You've been here long I enough. chose to be here. You chose to be here, right? A lot of people here did not choose to be right. here. Right. So I went out of my way. I He's an Oregonian kids. through and through. I moved kids. You moved kids too. I did. To yeah. be here. Court yep. Johnson did. from kink.fm. Yep. And that is how a lot of people know you too. Sure. But, but there, I've always, uh, not always, but often pointed out, there's way more to Court Johnson than the guy behind the mic. Sure. I can uh, install a hot water heater if you need me to. Really? I prefer electric over gas, but I, I'll tackle both. Can you clean a bathroom? I, I hire somebody for this. Yeah, okay. Well, I need That's, a name. It's one thing. Like a, a few years ago for <laughs> my wife's birthday, I can't remember how she dropped the hint, but I got I got her like a year's worth of like house cleaning and then it, it's never stopped. 
But yeah, once you start that, it's like uh, yeah, no, it's you hard. You can't really go back. It's hard. I want not to go into it, but uh, years ago, had a house cleaner, and she was. I found out later, dirt cheap. Yeah, it's just so incredible. Mm-hmm. Just used to clean everything perfectly, yeah. and then I found out. Later, when she had to leave, and then I hired somebody else for a lot more. Right, how I, good you had she, it? I begged her to come back, and I'd pay her retroactively. Right. Uh, this is too late. So, uh, but at any rate, it's good to be here, Court. Yeah. Good to be here on a, uh, as we're getting further into fall. Yeah. And um, uh, it's kind of, I, I'm feeling kind of chickeny. I've been to three chicken places in the last few days. I I have over the course, pretty much since we did the the chicken sandwich crawl, which we have to redo. Yes, because there's way more options now. Yeah, that's the thing. Since we did it, I, I think it's because we did it. Every time maybe, we need to get in the chicken. Maybe game. if I go to a place and I I see like uh, some version of a fried chicken sandwich, I get it. That's that's what I get. I see, I'd rather have piece. I'd rather have you know bone in pieces. Oh really? Of chicken. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the chicken bone. Oh. In any way. All right. Well, I still we haven't gotten we mentioned Popeyes on this podcast. I haven't been in for that. Oh, sandwich. for the new one, yeah. The new one. I've been by it when it says they don't have it. But right. so, but I've still been there for the pieces. But I went the other night to Bay's, which is Micah Camden's creation. Yeah. Um uh not solely. He's got a team of Amazing people yeah. he's working with, uh, but Bay's B A E apostrophe S. If mm-hmm. you're looking it up, it's not uh, it's not with a Y, um, and that's his latest creation. And Micah, you know, it's always fascinating to talk to him because he's an interesting guy. Obviously, has put a lot of thought into. Uh, let, let's let's Where, do, it do again. we start at the beginning? Right. So Yakuza Lounge. Yeah. Beast. Yep. Right. He was there in the beginning. There's more that we're going to miss. So we're going to jump right to Little Big Burger. Little Big Burger. Um, Boxer Ramen. Boxer Ramen. Blue Star Donuts. Yep. Super Deluxe. Mm-hmm. Pizza. What was the. Was it Love Pizza? No, it's not pizza? Love. Uh, I thought it was. See, were. that's the thing. We, heart we pe- heart Pizza. No, it's not Heart Pizza. It's a couple of, it's a couple of syllables. Oh, okay. But anyway, that was the point I made when yeah. I talked to him. We, it's not something that came to mind. Right. But also, uh, Little Bean, which yep. is awesome. We just had Anthony Cafiero on the uh, podcast to talk about Little Bean. And, and, and Micah was kind enough to do something we don't have a lot, with introduce Little Bean on the podcast. Yeah, if you, which was great. The last time he was on. Yep. And um, also now Bay's Chicken, mm-hmm. right? Is there, did I miss something? Uh, no, I think, you, I, think you, I think you nailed it. But I it was. Uh, this is a fun episode talking about all of those. What it took to develop it, but it, it's hard because every time we have Micah on, he's always either telling us about something new he's working on that he's totally open about, or as soon as the mics go off, yeah, we just he tells us one. something else new that we can't talk about, and then you get you sometimes get it confused. Right? What, could we talk about that? No, way? we can't talk about this one. This no. is a specific. Mike is off. Yeah. Have you been? And here's what I'm planning. Right. And I have to say. Uh, it's one of the things I love. Sure. So yeah. he's, it's coming soon in the spring. Yeah. So that's really cool. And then some of the other stories that Micah was telling about his love for dogs, mm-hmm. his cat story, uh, that one is really fun to talk about. So he became he was a cat guy who became a dog person and will never be a cat person again. Oh, wow. Because he's such a dog person yeah. now. So, of course, uh, that appealed to me. Um, and we talked a little bit about humility and um, and what I thought was really interesting was how he feels about Little Big Burger now. Yeah. 
So after cashing a check for $6 million, uh, what he thinks now. Mm-hmm. So uh, that you have to look forward to if you're listening to this episode. And I suggest going all the way to the end, especially for my friends at Ringside. Yes. They need to get to the end of this one, too. So this would be Micah Camden at Talking About Bays and More. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. What required the, you being there at 5.30 this morning? I'm training everybody on stuff. So I typically hang out for four to six weeks at a place mm-hmm. to make sure systems are in place. When systems are in place, then I feel you know fine enough to... How often do you need to retouch that? Because you could, after six weeks, think, okay, everything's okay. And then, obviously, it takes consistency. Now, with the restaurant industry, I... I've learned to, it, it can't, because I'm not working there on the daily, it, it can't be just me. They have to find their own footing and they have to find their own ways of doing things. And when I come back and revisit after being gone for two, three weeks to a month, as long as the core systems haven't changed and if they have changed, I, I, I tell them to make a case for it. Like, why are you doing this differently? And then I listen to it. And if it's a better situation or a better process, then I allow that to happen. But just out the gate, when I turn it over to somebody, I, I want it to be the way that I envisioned it to be. And if they find better efficiencies with the way that they work, then I allow them to keep that, that, that going. So in the instance of Bayes, in the process of doing that, are you thinking long-term that you have to get this, the systems down because you can't be every, um, everywhere if, in fact, you want to have a lot of outlets? I, I, that's a question. A, a part of that with Bayes is a little bit different because the magnifying glass is on me a little bigger on this one because I've had a fried chicken restaurant before and it did fail. So I am, I was, I'm just going to make sure even if I had to work 18 hour days that people were going to get a a product that was unquestionably better than what it was the first time that I, I gave it a go. It was the product that was the problem. A lot of it had son of a biscuit, son of a chick, son of a, son son of a biscuit. Yeah. When I say product, I mean the whole thing. It's, it's the space, the location, the concept, the menu, the price, the people that work there, the temperature of the place, basically. And the first time that I, I jumped into the chicken game, I, I didn't feel like I was really contributing. I felt like I was joining an audience, like I was joining a, a crowd of people that, that, that was already there. I wasn't, I wasn't improving upon it. I wasn't uh, giving it my, my best effort. You got to realize like I was riding a wave of successes with everything at that point in my career. Did like, you think you were Teflon that whatever you did was going to be gold no, at the time? S- kind of a little bit, definitely an ego shot in there. 
but you know, out with Son of a Biscuit, I came out the gate pretty cliche, like just primary colors and yellows and blues and checkered curtains. And, and I was, I was taking it. I didn't start at the, the, the base of the product, which is what it should have been. So, but are you, have you been humbled with that? Is there anything amongst else? other things, yeah. Yeah, what has humbled you? Oh, the, the the pizza game humbled me, definitely. Like because I typically with a concept, I'll come out and I'll test it, and I I I, I say, okay, I'm gonna create this concept, I'm gonna spend the X amount of money, and I'm gonna launch it to the best of my ability, and I'm gonna hope for the best. And that's anybody in the restaurant game. That's all they can do, whether they're a 20 year veteran or whether they're just getting into it is you are literally offering yourself, your finances, your future up onto the plate and you can hope for the best. And I did that my whole life. But you know, after cashing a $6 million check for a little big burger and stuff like that, I was, I was feeling what pretty. That, can you just describe what that feels like to cash a $6 million check for a guy from, honestly, Indi- I wish I, from uh, Indiana? Honestly, was... I wish I didn't know. I mean, one of my biggest regrets is selling a little big burger. Really? Um, oh, they tanked it. They just, it went to shit. And oh, sorry. Sorry. Forgot about the swear words. Oh, no. The swear words are fine. We oh, told okay. you the swear words were fine. Yeah. You can do you can, But I, so, I wish I didn't know because, you know, it was a very profitable cash cow for us. And, and we definitely had that income coming in year after year. And it allowed us to have a lot of creativity and other things that we did. And instead of just amortizing, you know, you got to realize at, the, at that point, it was only, that's only five years of sales. You know, like Little Big Burger was profiting north of a million a year. And it's been five years since I've sold it. So I'm actually working in reverse on it now. All right. But uh, it definitely freed up uh, my partner and I to focus more intently on the things that we were doing, the stuff that I was growing. And then Katie started really jumping into Blue Star and growing that concept. But, you know, I was getting a little, a little kid in the candy store-ish, I guess with the ability to play around with concepts and stuff. And, and that definitely, you know, son of a biscuit was a check because it wasn't the the best location you could do it. It was in that little gulch of 20th and division where it's, it's more of a five way intersection than it is right. anything else. It's got a little parking lot though. It, a very little, a, <laughs> right. I, I've, I've found actually that with businesses, a little parking lot can be more detrimental to a business than no parking lot. Mm. So if you have a parking lot that can fit 12 cars, which that could, but only 12 if. And awkward getting awkward in and getting Awkward getting out. in and out. Like right. it, you could never get a full 12 cars in unless they were micro cars. It was more like a parking lot for 10 cars with two spaces for backing in and pulling forward. Right. But I've had better successes with buildings that have no parking in more obscure locations. So. And you're, uh, oh, oh, so I'll mention this. We went to Bay's the other night. Okay. And, um, well, I, just, I don't want to be negative, but we drove around for 15 minutes. Oh, the parking sucks. And it's not only, it, right now, There's everything was closed for, like, half of the available parking was yeah. gone. Yeah, because of construction. Because of construction. So we ended up walking 10 blocks. The good thing is that we had been to a furry not long ago and we're a bothered or accosted like six times on the three blocks on the way there yep. this time we didn't have that which was nice so i said oh at least we've been able to walk unscathed to get to get here but so what what uh, when you opened that location was that something no because that location is this really weird 
intersection of most cities when you go to the financial district or the business district, very busy Monday through Friday, morning and lunch. Most place, most breakfast places and lunch places are just completely slammed no matter the quality. And then you go there past five o'clock at night and everything is dead. And then you go to the club districts and you end up, everything is dead during the day, then gets busy at night. And then you go to the tourist districts and they're busy on the weekends. That is literally on the border of all of that. It just right. intersects with Mother's all of it. Mother's is there. She doesn't yes. enter into anything lightly. So, but it is... It is crazy because we will do three to 400 covers at lunch, Monday through Friday. And then we'll have that trickle traffic of tourism coming around in that in, in between time. And then at dinner, we'll get that club traffic, those bars that are out there. And it is, it's awesome. I'm trying to figure out how to keep more chicken in the house. I didn't put a big enough walk-in in, but that's a good problem to have, mm-hmm. you know, but that area is for better or not. I mean, it's, it's so close to what. Portland has as a business district and it is the tourist business. Can you think about spring, summer, the waterfront, everything that happens down there, every we're so waterfront focused mm-hmm. with all of our events that we do and it's a block away. So right. I, I can't wait for spring and that to hit. Mm-hmm. And then if you know, the only nightlife that truly exists with any density in this town there. is there right. in the summertime, you go down there on a Sunday night at midnight and there is life. There are people walking around. Right. Was that part of the plan? Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so going I hit the forward, jackpot with that. If you're, is that, you know, are you looking to open in other cities? Is that what you no, want to do? No, You just I, want a successful restaurant here and then see where it goes? Yeah, I, I've definitely returned to my roots of like, okay, let's put it out there and let's see what it does. But, you know, definitely lessons I've learned with uh, Super Deluxe and that kind of stuff is like, with Little Big Burger, they, they cast very small radiuses. That's why I was able to open up so many in different neighborhoods because they were basically that neighborhood's burger joint. Mm-hmm. When you open up something that that definitely has a bigger draw, Super Deluxe pulls from a way bigger radius. Why? Than, why? Uh, I don't know. To be, well, I think because the artery that it's on, it's people going to and from work, and they're, they're, they live in Happy Valley, they work downtown, and that's the road that they take. It's a major artery. Well, you're also in the Pearl. Yeah. You know. Oh, but then, and down there in the Pearl as well, because I've got, there's a, there's a density factor there, right? right? And I built that restaurant way bigger, well, my, actually, my partner built that restaurant, Matt Lynch did. Uh, he built it way bigger than the original Little Big Burger, because our problem at Little Big Burger was we could never serve as many people as we had lined out the door. You know, we had 20 good seats. Good problem at, to have again. Another good problem to have. So with Bay's, you know, when you think about the fried chicken game in town, and I'm sure I'll get flack for this, you've got Screen Door, Yonder, and Reel Em In. Those are the only ones that I, I would consider being in the upper echelon of right, the chicken Right, and Reel Em In doesn't, isn't they paying attention. They're, they're paying attention, but they're not concerned with anything But they're, they're sort of, of the OG. Like, right. like people really respect them for what they do. And Absolutely. I respect them for what they do, but they don't offer the, to the audience, they don't cater to the audience that I do, a much bigger audience, you right. know? But, and, and they kind of backed, I feel like I could be wrong, but they just, they grew organically. Yeah. People just loved it and started oh, yeah. talking about it. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's like the little Genos or something like that. You know right. what I mean? Like I, I compare it to, you know, off cuisine, like these little places in Staten Island that you go into and they're and crushed just right. with the amount of people and the amount of food and it works for them because that's their lifestyle business yeah you can walk in there by the way and they'll say chickens an hour and a half out exactly so exactly but you're never gonna you're never gonna do five million dollars in sales when you right. tell somebody so, chickens so. an hour and a half out right it's not so you don't consider popeyes part in the chicken game no 
Okay. I, 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 even though I, I do eat there. Yeah. Good to hear. I love it. Uh, I know I, I do, but I, I'm not trying to reach that. I, I really wanted to see it because I knew I was going to be able, I wasn't going to have a volume issue, you know, going into the busiest, I guess, epicenter of, of availability on there. And I knew that if I built it out correctly with the firepower to be able to put the amount of food out that I do, um, in the time that I'm, I'm able to do it in that I would be able to make the numbers work because when, uh, and Dominic Sue approached me and said, Hey, let's, can we do organic? I instantly said, no, I went, no, you can't. There's no way it's, it's 35% more expensive than even the better chicken, which is 30% more expensive than just typical chicken. Right. So we're talking 60% premium. And we're in a city where people want to know where everything came from. Yeah. Well, which is ironic because nobody in this town uses local chickens except for me. Mm -hmm. They're using Draper, which is owned by Purdue, which is owned by Tyson. And they use Mary's, which is, Mary's is probably the better bird that everybody uses because I use it too. But Mary's bird comes from California. So it's got that carbon footprint associated to it and it's not organic. So we are using chickens from Dundee. I met the farmer the other day. She came in. So, you know, just figured. Are you, I don't, I guess I haven't been paying that much attention. Are you hot? Is that the, is that the unique selling proposition? What is the USP? Of Bay's chicken. What's the... The elevator speech. Um, it's it's Oregon's only organic fried chicken joint. So that's it. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's not so much an elevator speech as it is a metric that we're creating. We have the ability to... My problem is everything's moving towards delivery. Everybody's talking about ghost kitchens. I mean, even Popeye's is renting a ghost kitchen. Are they? In big cities. Yeah. Popeye's, Chick-fil-A, all these places that sell absolute crap food. They have the, the demand for delivery because people are becoming so much more lazy and, and they don't want to leave their homes or they can't leave their homes because they work too much. They order from any one of the many uh, delivery places, right? So there is a, there's ch- many charts out there that show that delivery is finally doing that. The problem in Portland has always been nobody's ever built their restaurants to handle delivery. They've always built it for their customer bases and hoped that they make enough money to keep the doors open. And so when they jumped onto these little third-party delivery systems, delivery was fine as long as you weren't ordering in peak times. Because when you're ordering from a small restaurant that has 35 seats, that has all 35 seats filled up and they got a 10-foot hood, they're cooking, they're cooking food for those customers because they're face-to-face with them, right? And I call up and I'm like, it's prime dining hour. Everybody that's eating at Yonder is eating at Yonder for a reason. And I'm wanting their chicken. I don't want to wait an hour for it. And that's, that's the case of any restaurant. Well, town. and then when you're dealing with fried chicken, it's not the same an hour later as it is when you're served at the restaurant. No, but like it pizza. is definitely, it is definitely of any food that you order. It is the one that will travel the best. Okay. Fried chicken, it, fried chicken out of a 400 degree, uh, fryer can travel for 35, 40 minutes and still be hot and juicy and tender and awesome mm-hmm. by the time it gets to you. Right. Better than fries. Easier yep. than fries. Yeah. And, sure. and it's like, it like the best traveling food you can get outside of a cold, cold cut or a sandwich, which will stay fine for, you know, millennia. You end up with chicken at the top of the game, then pizza. Cause pizza's got so much cheese and fat and stuff on it. And right. that, that's, that's how that works. Well, I learned that with chicken, a part of that. Early on, I went to, uh, years ago in South Carolina, I went to a place called Dye's Gullah Chicken, uh-huh. or Kitchen, and she served, she brought out this incredible fried chicken, and she said, don't eat that now, honey, you gotta wait. You gotta wait 20 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, wait 10 minutes, let it sit there. It was yep. 10. You gotta, you gotta let that, that stuff oh, rest that's out. That's interesting. 
So, um, but when you think about it, when you when you were doing like family get-togethers at parks, you were going to Kentucky Fried Chicken and getting buckets of chicken, and you were thirty-five minutes before anybody even got to the picnic table right. in the park to eat the chicken, and you didn't think it was any less good as if you had got it right out the door. Mm-hmm. So I, I I took some. I got a you know you've seen that kitchen. It's it's got a massive twenty-five foot hood it's, in it. Yeah, I, with, being a layperson, I noticed that. I pointed out that is a huge. It's like the Titanic. It's huge and. Not only that, I will say this, that food came out way, so we went two nights ago, three nights ago. Right. Way sooner than I thought it was exactly. going to come out. So that yeah. was awesome. It so was, that was a, I went, I went traveling all over America and I ended up in, you know, Chicago, New York, Philly, DC, Savannah, New Orleans, LA, Austin. And when I was down in New Orleans and I, I got to go into Dookie Chase's kitchen and stuff like that and see the places it served. 150 birds in a lunch service and stuff like that. I noticed their processes and I was like, wow, their processes are there to fit the demand. And I'm like, you know, the problem is, is if you, if you have a restaurant on the outskirts of town, you don't know what your demand is going to be. But as long as you, you take a chance and you feel like you're going to get that demand, you'll be able to do that. The way I equate it is with super deluxe or with little big burger, when we had people coming in, when we, cause we only offered the thing, it was only a burger. You couldn't get anything else at little big burger. And we would see a line of like 30 people in line. We knew that there's a good chance 29 of them were going to order burgers. So we fired 29 burgers. So it was la- it was like lining up with them as they were going. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely helped out in this scenario. Cause a lot of those places that serve massive amounts of chickens, like Wilkes's dining rooms and Dookie chase and, uh, Red Rooster in Harlem, which was amazing. I got to, I got to introduce myself and say, Hey, I would, I'm getting into the game. I'd love some advice, you know, doing this, you go check it out. And it's like their processes were pretty unique to volume restaurants. And it, it allowed us, I mean, it's the same thing Popeye's and all that, all those places do as well. You know, the best French fry in the world is twice or thrice fried. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a science behind it. And when I figured out how to actually get that, manipulate that to work in my favor, I mean, it got to the point where we're out, I think tomorrow or the next day, we're installing a second POS because we can't, they can't get the food into the kitchen faster than I can get it to the customer now. Mm-hmm. So people are waiting in line for 25, 30 minutes, Monday through Friday. But it's that the food POS. Is, yeah, it's, it's ready the POS. To go. So, I was going to say. But. So we are, we're now installing another POS because we can get the line through faster because we can stick food up at lunchtime in five minutes. And I will say, as a global comment, not anything to do with your restaurant, in Portland, people need to be trained to move. Yes. Just move it. Just, and it doesn't happen. It just, no matter how long, the difference between East Coast and West Coast is. Well, we have 600,000 people. In New York, there's 17 million people that have got 35 minutes at lunch and they are demanding of that. Right. But I'm just saying the the workforce, even at the, I've made that comment at delis here. Uh Uh-huh. You know, when you order cold cuts at a deli on the East coast. The whole transaction is done in two minutes. Oh yeah. I was down, throw it under the, throw it under the thing, weigh it, give it to you here. I, yeah. I mean, I could go to the bathroom and shop while the, yeah, the, they're slicing the same amount of deli meat. It's, I was in Philly and I went to, you know, all the places like John's roast pork and stuff like that. And I walked up and they're like, what do you want? I was like, I want a roast pork sandwich. And they're like, Cool. Pick it up right there. I walked over 15 seconds later. They were handing me the right. sandwich and I went, yep, I'm going to do this concept. This is going to happen. It's, but it's hard to happen in Portland. I just don't think people are, are geared 
to move to think when you set those up the people process, are waiting. They will be able to. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I want to test it in a yeah. few months. I don't think it's going to be there this week, right? No, 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 no. We're, we're we're talking like spring, summer. Good. I want to I want to test it because I want to see that in Portland. I went to see a movie. There's the other yesterday. There's no rush in in giving your order at the concession stand. There's no consideration. Well, that's for, sort of one that of the charms starting. about Portland. Is it? You know, you can I don't move here when it. you're 36 and retire. Yeah, I don't find it charming though at all. They made it's a whole like movie we, series about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But if I have to miss the movie because that person just their their limbs don't move fast enough. Yeah, uh, I guess this is just my thing. But I think for a uh, you know if you're installing another POS, part of that process is, is to move it through. They have to they have to be fast in using the POS. It doesn't yeah. do much good if they're you know, slowly moving through. So, um, uh, super deluxe. Yeah. What's the, what is your plan for super deluxe? And I want to say, I, you mentioned your partner, did, Matt. Matt did that, it, that the Pearl location is just to me, the consummate fast food burger location. It looks so cool. It's, it's clean. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Everything is fantastic. I'm a big fan. We are uh, starting construction in January in Sherwood. We oh. took over a Burger King, actually. We got that lease all signed up, I think, last month. And it's a great location. It's directly, I mean, it's, you know, like Foster and, and like Powell and 50th is a great location for us. That was to, that was to test against Burger King. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm taking over Burger King. But... That one is in a, a really good area and it actually gets, for the first time ever, it truly puts me in the burbs to mm-hmm. see what can happen. And when you look at the, the car count on, because we're almost right off the intersection of Highway 99 and, and Tualatin and Sherwood Highway, mm-hmm. and it's across from a, a brand new movie theater and it's next to a brand new Target and it's just right right in the middle of That area is really growing, yeah. I believe that location is going to set the tone for what, truly can happen with super deluxe because we have fended off national offers of people that want to take us because our numbers are just ridiculous at super deluxe. And so you're obviously mindful of your feelings about little big burger now. Yeah. Get it in selling off super deluxe. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. I just, I look back and I mean, they, it, it honestly, it just went to shit. They, they, they did not keep any of the quality. Are you comfortable with saying what went to shit? Oh, everything. Everything went to shit. I mean, company culture went straight to shit because we didn't have our teams running it. Uh, they, they brought in a bunch of corporate crap from, you know, the East Coast where they didn't really have a hands-on effect. And then the food quality just went down. You know, like the, the ketchup, it, it, went, it went from honey to corn syrup. That was your ketchup. It, I know, yeah. and I have the entire recipe tattooed on my left arm, and now it's like, <laughs> can I buy the company back because I could use it at Super Deluxe? But have you ever thought of buying it back? No, no, I'm I'm done with that aspect. Well, that's why you did Super Deluxe. Yeah, or one of the reasons. Yeah, part of it. So, and yeah. is that the ketchup you're using at Super Deluxe? No, we're using Heinz. Oh, just right. straight up Heinz. That's all. And that's great. I'm trying to remember. It's out of a pump. Yeah. Situation. Yeah. You're not using bottles of Heinz, which is like crazy. Whoever. Thought that was a good idea. Still a good idea. The people at Heinz did. Yeah, then they, they still sold do. more units. And they right, they must know. I yeah. don't know, but shaking those bottles sometimes is. Oh, the commercials for those were great though. You'd stick the bottle up on the building, you'd walk downstairs, and then it would finally come out, and you'd oh. put your burger out, and it would drop forty floors onto your hamburger. I mean, that was the greatest commercial ever. I don't remember that one. Oh God, it was thirty-five years old. 
Yeah. I remember that commercial when I was like five. Yeah, well, I wasn't around in those days. Hey, Chris, let's uh, pause here for a moment to talk about uh, Ringside Steakhouse. It's always a good pause when we're talking about Ringside. And you know, they have, it's a very exciting over there because they have new happy hours going on, uh, available only in the bar Monday through Saturday, 9.30 to close, and Sunday, of course, 4 to 5 p.m., and then also 9.30 to close. It's one of the best happy hours in, in town, for sure. So if you like their onion soup, and many of us do, that's now on the happy hour menu. It wasn't before. Oh, very nice. So so for those in the know, Ringside, I mean, it's a beautiful restaurant. And in the bar, you can pick from all sorts of great items from anywhere from $1.25 up to six seventy five each. That onion soup is six seventy five. Uh, at happy hour, also a prime rib dip sandwich. Their beef meatballs, uh, for less than that, you can get their steak bites, which we all know are great. Mm-hmm. You've had those, haven't you? I've, I've, I've had those many times, and it's yes. uh, something to always go back to. Yes, absolutely. It's it's great. And you know, the holidays are coming up, and a ringside gift card is probably one of the sure bets that you can get anybody. And now they're offering them, you can buy them online. Oh, nice. Without having to stop by the restaurant. And the website, which is where you will go to book your reservations for when you go there for your holiday meal, by the way, uh, ringsidesteakhouse.com. I think Ringside is one of the classic Portland restaurants. And uh, for anybody that hasn't been there in a while, they need a refresher about how great it is. Yeah, my wife actually, she came down into downtown Portland for a comedy show. And she's like, you know, we want to go get some bites to eat. And I'm like, uh, duh, Ringside. And she went in right. and had just a, an enjoyable hour before she went over to the comedy club. Good thing to do. And uh, yeah, it's a great time. And then uh, go do what you need to do afterwards. Got the, the valet parking there, which is always so convenient. Yeah, it's nice to have. I mentioned it before. Yeah. You can get the uh, gift cards at their website, and that's also where you can go to book your reservations, ringsidesteakhouse.com. So what what do you think? I mean, I listen to you and all the things you're talking about, traffic patterns and a lot of the things. You learned a lot about the restaurant business as you went. Like, you know, you started- I still am. Yeah, you're still, but a lot of people haven't applied so much of what they've learned to build so many places and do so much successfully. What is it about? Is it, did you have a lot of curiosity as a kid? No, none. I had determination and ignorance. Um, Is it still determined? Is that what drives you, determination? Because right now, I asked you, I think the last time you were here, what, what would drive you now? You cash the check for six million. Yeah. You don't have to. I mean, I'm guessing you could probably hang I it up. I could retire. Yeah. yeah, you could retire right now. What's driving you? Uh, I like it. I, I really like what I do, and I'm not actually really good at anything else. You know, I mean, to be honest with you, I'd, I'd love in a perfect world to be able to write, but I, I dropped out of high school in ninth grade. I can't really put a paragraph together, you know. You know, I don't think Anthony Bourdain had a huge education, and he turned out to be an awesome writer. Yeah. Oh, I'd never read any of his books. I've only ever watched them on TV. Well, he had to write everything you saw on TV. Oh, I just wing it. I just open my mouth and it just comes out, so I don't know. Right, but I'm saying as a, he, was a, he had to be a good writer to have those episodes be so interesting and so 
witty. They were he's a witty guy. Yeah, he's a witty he guy. Could do it. So I'm not I'm just saying that you could you might be able to write and yeah. with it with some help maybe from somebody. But that that may not be what you want to do. What you're doing is what you do well. How how are you at um how are you in life compared to how you are in business? Oh my god, I'm I, I told my girlfriend the other day I rolled over in bed and I said that we're just slowly dying next to each other. You know, because you mean separately or together? No, together. She's like, we're so happy. And I'm like, yeah, we're just dying together. And I think when you accept that and you realize your mortality, that you are. Yeah, but that can mean lots of different things. So you're meaning that you're happy together. Yes. Happy. Okay. I'm happy. I've accepted the, the dad bod. And how long is, <laughs> don't even talk to me about that. How long have you been together with this? Is this the same girlfriend going, you yeah, had when? Yeah, that going you, on. I've known her for a long time, but going on, I think we're going into year number two. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great girl. Doctor. She's amazing. Oh, right, right. Yeah, no, I remember. But that's great. Congratulations on two years of dying together. Yeah. And I, I told her, I, I did not, I'm not lying. I straight up told her the other day. I was like, yeah, we're just, we're just dying next to each other. Did this you laugh or say, let's get up and have coffee and figure out how not to do that? No, because it's going to happen. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I look at it differently. So how's I, life? Now, I was, I was reading the wrong context in that. Now I understand fully what you were saying. So yeah, yeah it was, a, it was an, I love you. Yeah, basically. Oh, great. Yeah. It's like, I've accepted this reality and this reality is. I am going to roll over and look at you when I'm 70 and then I'm probably going to die trying to get out of bed. So <laughs> that's, that's and life. That's good. And so how are you at friends? Uh, I've got them, a few <laughs> of them. <laughs> you know, I, I work a lot. It's, uh, but the, the, one of the reasons I ask is because a lot of people with money uh -huh. can't tell who their friends really are. Well, but right? I'm not, I'm not that kind of a person. I, money has never, ever dictated I'm right, still, but it's not always has not. It doesn't always have something to do with you. There are a lot of people. Like, oh, Micah, I get to hang out with him, and so therefore you don't always know if they're genuine. But you may have had some friends before. I'm sure you've had friends from before you had cash that check. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. I mean, I'm not at that level. You know, I mean, like I, I have a comfortable life, but any money that I make in a restaurant just gets reinvested into a new concept. You know, I'm not. I'm not jet setting. You know. Right. I did it for a very, very little bit when I cashed that check. I had I had a couple of new money moments. I walked into Mercedes and dropped a duffel bag of cash and drove off with two brand new cars. You know, that was my new money moment. Do you still have them? Uh, one of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which one do you like the most to keep? Uh, they, I had to get rid of the one that got me five tickets. Like in four, I lost my license for six months. So right it, was after. A, it was an AMG something. It was an AMG. Yeah, it was a G63. And I, I, I lost my license and I told the judge that I got rid of that car but I kept the other AMG. It just didn't sound as loud, even though it was the same engine. It just had a different exhaust system, and I still have that car. So I call it the Batmobile. Have you thought of investing in a radar detector? <sighs> no, I don't think they work. Oh, they do. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm just telling you that. If I can, if I could benefit you today at all, they work. Yeah. So, depending on which one it is, but it's better than getting rid of a car you love. Yeah. And when it comes to friends, I, I've always used the adage that I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. I mean, even, mm -hmm. even as a kid, I, I never, I never did the, the typical, you know, I never had the typical sandbox childhood that everybody else did. I, I started working when I was five or six years old. What and, was that first job at five or six? Oh, I, I've everything. I mean, by the time I was, I think 12, I was already making 30 or $40,000 a year easily. 
easily outpacing that. I was making more than my dad when I was 14 years old. He didn't like it, but All right. was, you know. Were you contributing to rent? I, I wasn't contributing to rent, but I was buying groceries and all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, I was helping out that way, but I moved out when I was 15 years old. I had my first apartment and all that kind of stuff, and I paid for it with my own money, you know. Well, I listen. So I asked the I asked that question, you know, about friends and money, because in this town, in this city, I think you can count on your fingers the people in the food world mm -hmm. that most people would say, "Hey, they've made it." Uh, some have made it and they have successful restaurants, but in terms of buying an AMG, yeah. that's what I use as a criteria. And some chefs I know are successful and wouldn't buy an AMG because that would piss off their employees. Right. So that, you know, they keep it kind of low key. Yeah. But they also do it just probably, I mean, I, I have no reason to own the car that I own. I definitely had no reason to own two of them and pay cash straight out for it. Right. But that was fun. That it was, was fun. part of I had my moment. That, that was, was my choice, my life. I was, got to do it. That was part of the answer when I asked, what did it feel like to cash a $6 million check? Oh, great. Oh, great. I drove to ringside with my, I had to call my buddy down to the Mercedes and Wilson, the dealership in Wilson and be like, Hey, I just bought two cars. <laughs> Can you drive, drive one? one of them? Oh man! Back to my place, and we drove straight to uh, what was it? Ringside at ten thirty at night. Went in, had a steak, had lobster. Then he drove it back to me and parked it, and he Ubered home. You know, and it was fun. And my accountant almost killed me the next day when right. he, when I told him what I did. Why? Well, did, what was the thinking on two? Just because you could? Just because I could? Yeah. You know, I wanted both. It was a dream. It was a dream to have those cars. Right. And you know. One is anybody can go in and not anybody, but lots of people can go in and buy one yeah. AMG. But and then a week, a week later, I drove up to Skyline and paid cash for a big, beautiful house on Skyline. You know, it's because I wanted to live on Skyline. Are you still there? No, no. I got trapped up there a couple times in the winter storms. Right. And realized, and plus it's way out there. Like you need a family when you're up on the, up on the ridge. Is that something you ever, that isn't in your mind? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm slowly opening up to the idea of it. I mean, I have a 22 year old that works with me. Mm -hmm. He's my kid and he works at Bay's and. and didn't cost you much to get to 22. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I've got my dogs, but I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely evolving and changing as the days. Well, go on. I would think if you're telling someone you love them enough to, to want to die with them, that's generally a position to be in. If you want to have kids, if you're not exactly, sure. Exactly. It's just who's going to raise it. <laughs> You know, I don't uh, know. I don't know when I'm done working. Yeah, but you could, you're in a good position, man. You could, you have some time to properly raise a child with lots of life experience. I don't know that I would be the one to raise it. I mean, I definitely could be there. Well, first of all, you have to refer to as him or her. It, so like when or people they, call their, or, right, yeah. or, right, or something like that. But you gotta find when people call the, when people call their own dog it, I'm, I, I'm always standing back. Really? You're calling Oh no, dog? I call my dog son. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I've got, I've got two dogs, a boy and a girl, their brother and sister from the same thing, just a year apart in, in, uh, litters. What are they? Uh, Havanese. Mm -hmm. I love those dogs. I mean, they, they're awesome. I actually got, is ironic when I bought that home on Skyline, I was, I was just getting out of a really bad breakup and I went into a massive depression and my doctor recommended a dog, a therapy dog. So I got one. And they are called Velcro dogs for a reason. They just don't leave your side. Mm -hmm. And then when I licked my wounds for, I don't know, nine months up on the hill, I decided to rejoin life and came down and 
uh, I realized he needed a, a, a partner as well. So I, I called the same place. I'm like, hey, if you end up with another one of these dogs from the same parents because he was so even keeled, I'm like, I would love to have one. He's like, actually, we do. We have this little runt. You know, she's a little runt. She's not, she hasn't been picked up. And I got her in and she was great. And now I got them both. So. And do they, I'm asking because I just got a second dog, not long ago, but I have a 15 year old and a two. Okay. So I resisted a second dog. Everybody would say, you know, they'll keep each other comfortable. They do. Yeah, but I'm home a lot. I work out of my home. So it's like, I like being the alpha. I love our relationship the way it is. And it took about a year. It changed things a little bit. Yeah. Right. And now the old guy, Oakley, has completely embraced his, the little guy. And good because not to be a dick, but if your dog's 15 years old, you ain't got him for that much longer. Oh, that's, that's why I got the young I one. I know. And it's a good thing because, because I he, just couldn't stand the idea of having this dark period. You, you're probably psych- psychologically, you're actually probably going to be able to bond better with the young one now that Oakley oh. had completely embraced. And oh, he's, he's mentored him. He's yeah. rubbed off on him. Uh, oh, this morning it was a half hour. Oakley's now on the floor. He doesn't get up. He can't get up on the bed in Portland where I am. It's right. too high. But Kodak, right up. And yeah, I spent a good half hour quietly uh, bonding with him, you know, just petting him to start my day. I never used to do that. I'd make sure Oakley was. Oh, yeah. No, first. I, I am. I used to be a cat person. I, I loved cats only because you didn't really have to take care of them. They took care of themselves. Right. And they would give you affection when they wanted to get affection. And it was kind of a good long distance relationship within the house. Right. And then, you know, I. So you're a dog person for life now? Oh yeah. And I was never a dog person. Mm. Never. And I could never understand the connections that my friends had with their dogs. And I could never understand the connection that like a girlfriend would have with the dog. Like, why is that dog sleeping in the bed with us? That dog should not be on the bed until Mm -hmm. you get a little puppy. And then it's like, why are you, why am I not with you (laughs) on the bed? And now the dogs just sort of take over the bed. And when you, you know buy a $15,000 mattress and they pee on it and you want to kill them. And then you can't because you've accepted that you're just slowly dying next to the pet. <laughs> right. and, the next 15 and they're innocent. They, yes, they, they are they so didn't, innocent. They didn't, they didn't do that. There was no malice None. in the dog's Zero. mind when he peed on the bed. And a My cat dog would have a, malice. Yeah. A cat would pee on something. See there. And you know what? You can't, I've always said this. You can't, oh God, there are people out there with cats. You can't take a cat out and throw a ball or on the beach. Uh, that's a big thing for me. Right. That's a big part of my life is, is enjoying seeing dogs frolic on the beach. That just makes me smile. It's the best antidepressant. I realized that years ago. Yeah. I don't know if you can get that. I've never had a cat. I'm allergic to them, so I've never had the opportunity to decide whether I love cats or not. Yeah. I have, I have a super funny story about my cat. It's crazy. But maybe for another time. No. Can you, is there a, a less than 10 minute version of it? There's a five minute version of it. Okay. So uh, my cat Beans is, is also the holder of probably my most painful tattoo I've ever gotten because I got it straight across my kneecap in like old English script. So my, mm-hmm. my knees were just jumping left and right as I was getting the tattoo. But my cat was bought for me by my ex-wife and business partner, Katie. She bought it for me on my birthday. I named her Beans, and I love that cat. So obviously the cat, when we got divorced, came with me. Mm-hmm. And I moved up to Skyline, 
and she loved the house. The house is big and beautiful and floor to ceiling windows. And she just absolutely loved the house. But then I get a dog. She hated that dog. Absolutely. Hated Did she it. hate you because of she it? She hated me because <laughs> of that dog. So much to the point where I was actually, I, I got the home and I did a full remodel on it. It was a mid-century and I started remodeling it. And I was going down to visit my cousin in San Francisco and the drywallers were working the weekend, right? I left and the walls had been completely opened up, but then they went in and started drywalling them up. And I had, I had told, I had asked Katie and her new husband if they could go over and feed the cat. So they went over and they were looking for her and beans will come running out for Katie because she loves Katie. And she, Katie didn't get the dog. No, Katie didn't get her dog. No, Katie's that's got my point. lots of cats. No, but that's my point. So, so, so I was thinking beans would come out, but Katie was like, we can't find her, but we can hear her. Mm. And we're like, it was faint. Like we could hear her. And I, I was like, well, what's going on? And then her husband was like, dude, your cat is in your walls somewhere, like in your floorboard somewhere. My drywallers had drywalled her in, taped and mudded. The painters were coming the next oh, day to God. paint the walls. And, and so, then by the way, how long is the cat going to, she was in there for two days. I flew right. back. How much more, how many more days did she have until somebody noticed? I don't know. I flew back. And well, actually I was, I was telling Sam, her husband, I was like, dude, just start taking a sledgehammer to every wall in that fucking house. Get my cat out. I don't care where you have to bang into that wall because I love my cat. Right. And, <laughs> and I came home and I, I was looking around and I literally took a sledge to a bunch of the walls and I found her in the wall. I was so furious. I was going to kill those drywallers. And what did you do? Nothing. How did that end they, up? They were, they were, I've known them for life. They just didn't know. And the cat went into a crawl space in between the floor. She was right. in the floor joists. Yeah. And I got her out and it. And it, they wouldn't necessarily know to. Yeah, they didn't know. We have to check. But we got her out. But here's the funny part. Because Katie knew that Beans was so depressed and hated that dog when I went out of town again and had her come over to watch him, they actually just came over and kidnapped my cat. And I came home and she was like, oh, by the way, we took Beans. I'm keeping her. She hates her life. Mm -hmm. She hates that and dog. And knew that. And I knew that. And as I'm sad because, you know, she bonded with Sam really well. And I do love that cat. And it's just like the ketchup. I no longer have the ketchup and I no longer have the cat, but I've got them marked on my body for life. So she has, she has my cat, which is now their cat, but I got my dogs. But you get to see the cat. Cat can disappear. Yeah, I've, I've, I've cat can her. die. Yeah. Will at some point. You still get to see the cat. Yeah. And she's happier, way happier at their house. All right. Because she's got a lot of cats. And if you're, if you're truly a loving person and we know you are. Yeah. I, I then, was, it's a better situation then for her. You are happy for the cat and you're happy for Katie and, and Sam really and loves Sam. that cat. Her mm. husband loves that cat, which there, is great. There you go. So will you get another cat? Oh, or? hell no. No, no, no. <laughs> I would never put a cat through that because my dogs are small, playful little Havanese dogs. And he, for the best of intentions, he was just wanting to play with the cat, but didn't realize that cats don't like to play the same with way that cat. Dogs. Yeah. The exact same way. So, uh, well, that's that. So you've, this is all in the last few years, right? If you would have heard yourself in, in this interview years, five years. four or five years ago talking about, you know, therapy dogs and therapy dogs and loving girlfriends, well, you've had girlfriends in your yeah. life and wives, but, um, it's interesting how life evolves. Would you 
Um, when you started Little Big Burger, did you, you'd had some success at restaurants, mm-hmm. not that type of concept, right? right. It yeah. didn't, when you, when you developed Yakuza and Beast, they didn't require as much research and planning as much as I'm just guessing. Well, not, not technically because when I was doing those, I was doing them completely blind. Right. When I was opening up Yakuza, I, I didn't know shit about the restaurant industry. Nothing. Right. I was Googling how to cook white rice the day before we opened a Japanese restaurant. Do you ever have the same thoughts like you have with Little Big Burger about Yakuza? Do you ever look at it and say, oh. No, yeah, we learn on all of it. Like I've never really, never, I mean, I tell people the story that when I opened up Boxer, when I opened up Boxer, my first ramen joint, I had conceptualized it, designed it, built the menu off of everything that I thought would work for it. And then one week before we opened, I Googled how to make ramen. And then that's crazy. Taught myself within one week. And that place opened up with a lot of. Uh, and it still has it. I yeah, mean, it, it is still cranking. has it. It still has it. Five years in, five locations, and it dominates the Portland scene in the wintertime, mm-hmm. which is great. So. Oh, I have to ask you. So is it because, is it Portland? What makes ramen so such a Portland thing. It was, you know, and it, it is. Well, the weather, it sucks. It's the weather. Yeah, it's the weather. Hot I, noodles is great. I need a sh- specific shirt that can handle ramen because it's always all over my shirts. Oh, yeah. No, you just got to put your, you got to, you have to, if you've ever been to Japan where ramen reigns supreme, you need to put your face over the bowl right. as if it's a trough and suck violently. <laughs> okay. They slurp violently in ramen at like at ramen yas, like places that just serve ramen where people line up behind the person sitting down eating ramen and you have three to five minutes to be polite mm-hmm. to get the, to get out of the next person's way. And all you hear is just slurping sounds at that place. And it's because they put their face over it. It doesn't get on any of their clothes and they just funnel those noodles into their face. They get up, they leave, you sit down. Are you a, are you a, a great ramen eater? No, no, i I'm not really. I mean, I, I'll do it. I'm, I'm like in between. You know, I'm like a 50% way there. I'll go in at a 45 degree angle and bring the bowl up the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I've never, I've never quite gotten good at it. So I'm better with rice. Yeah. Something. Um, rice is great when you want 2 million of something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel that way about risotto. It's, it's, you know, with pasta, you can put things on it and everything, but risotto to me, too much of the same yeah. taste over and over again. So, um, you know, you're right next to a ramen place where Bays is. Mm-hmm. Do you ever wish? Do you wish that was a box of ramen? Or? No, I, I I nailed the location for the first ramen right there at Stark, right across from Ace Hotel. It's this like sort of mm-hmm. great area for everybody, and that restaurant is 750 square feet. It does almost two million a year. I mean, that's that's. Awesome. All right, so let's run through it. So what you and you we've talked about Little Bean. We just had Anthony mm-hmm. on the podcast, which yep. is which is great. Um, Plant based ice cream, mm-hmm. um, and you have Boxer Ramen, and you have Super Deluxe. You got to help me along here. Bays, like a bike. Bay, oh, of course, we've I got, about, I've got one sweetheart pizza left, which is great. It's in South Waterfront. So I'm not even aware of that. You should, dude. Just call me I'm up a one pizza of these days. lover. When you call me with it, it'll blow you away. The only problem that. The problem with that one was conceptual. I thought that pizza would be a great pizza for delivery. Mm-hmm. Then pizzas do not deliver well because okay. they have scarce items on them. People that want the thin pizza want that experience that goes with it. 
Mm-hmm. The locations I picked that I designed were grab and go. Like walk in, get it, and go home or deliver it, and it just doesn't deliver that well. Or not as well as something that's got two pounds of cheese on it. Mm-hmm. Well, also something went wrong with the, I'm guessing, because I pay attention. Yeah. And it was, it's never been, if I talk about where what you've done with Blue Star, too, mm-hmm. but I that's never even come up in conversation with me once. It, 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 it didn't take. It just right. wasn't, it wasn't. But it's thing. still yours. Yeah. And you're still working it. Can yep. you make a white clam pie? I can. We did when we first started out, but honestly, nobody was buying it. Yeah, no, I'm, I was. Uh, a white clam pie needs to be on a bigger New York style piece that's 18 inches that has a little bit more chew to the crust. No, it doesn't. It can't be on a. Have you been in New Haven? Uh, you no. Know. Yeah, okay. Let's, but that let's piece do is that not, it's not Neapolitan. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, but I, yeah, okay. Well, that's not it's what not you're doing. It's not a 90 second. No, that's what I am doing. My pizzas cook in 90 seconds. That's what I meant. But the, so you're not doing a new I'm Haven. I'm not doing the, yeah, I'm not doing the clam pie on a Neapolitan. I'm trying to stay as true to that as possible. All right. Okay. Well, I'd love to go down there. I'll accept any invitation for Send me a text. Pizza. I live a block away. Oh, so you're down on the. Uh, Waterfront. Nice. Um, it's beautiful down there. Do you, ever, do you go up to OHSU? Yeah, I work, out, I work out of the March Wellness Center there. Oh. Very nice. I I think that's one of the most incredible facilities. With also, you probably have a great view, but the view from the ninth floor of that of the wellness center. I'm right there? on the water. I actually have a forty foot deck. You have you Can we have pizza on your deck? We can have pizza on my deck. That's what I, that's what I want to do. Um, and the pizza is good. So what what's on the horizon? Uh, I'm going to jump back into Little Bean. I've got a pretty big thing happening in January. A big launch for something. A new product that is chickpea based, but not launched yet. I, uh, it's actually, there's about 50, 60 samples of it in Chicago right now at a food show. And apparently from the last check and I did about two hours ago, it's going crazy, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna use the word amazing, but it's fucking amazing. And there he, we go. He did read it. He read it uh. No one reads. And here's a guy who says, you know, he, I actually respected that you said, don't use the word amazing because everything in this world is either amazing or awesome. Comp- yeah. Yeah. Or great. Or Even great. great is starting to lose it. Right? Yeah. But it is, it is, I'm very proud of it. I'm so proud of what this product is. Not just what Little Bean has become from like the ice cream standpoint, mm-hmm. but it's an, it's a retail product that is, I basically made allergy free peanut butter. Right. And it's, it's the time and place for it for right it. now. Yes. So just one comment on, because it struck me, I think after... You, well, you came in and you brought us some, some a little bean mm-hmm. product, which was great, but I didn't know later. So the two of the folks that were instrumental in that were Anthony and Morgan Brownlow, yeah. Anthony Caffiero. So it was like the three amigos. I just thought, Micah, Anthony, and Morgan, man, those, that must have been you, some interesting you know, meetings. You, oh, God. If you, if you know either one of them. <laughs> yeah, I do. I well, mean, I don't know Morgan that well. I, I've heard more than I've... The infamy is there for a reason. Right. You know, but like with Anthony, you know that, you know that the Lego movie? No, you know, I haven't seen it. I can't. Chris Pratt plays the original little Lego guy mm-hmm. in the Lego movie. And he's just abundantly optimistic. And he sings that song. Everything is awesome. That's Anthony all of the time, mm-hmm. which is weird because he was, I think he's from Amityville, New York, where they filmed the horror movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I, I, he's this giant question mark for me. And I've worked 
with it's him. still a question mark for you. Yes, because I don't know how someone can be that happy all of the time. You're suspect of the happiness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so have you drawn from that at all? I've, no, I've, no, I'm around but I, someone I, who's I, way I, more happy than I've no, ever been. No, but I, I realized that he was the perfect person for Little Bean because we are, we have to, we have to teach people. We have to tell people what it is we're serving. You know what I mean? Because it's not being ran as a scoop shop because I don't want to open scoop shops. But what it is is we have a great, amazing product and we needed a person that could represent that because I am not that person. I'm not the champion for that product. I was the guy that came up with the idea and then I jumped into a kitchen with Morgan and we found that we could make it work. But neither one of us are the people you want He's the face of it. to that product. By the way, so have you happened, do you go to see movies at all? you have time? I see movies all of all the, the time. All the time. So have you seen Ford versus Ferrari? Of course I have. Okay. How long has that been out? Like two days. Yeah. I, I saw it yesterday. Yeah. So that was the story of who's going to be the face of this. Yes. Right? So, yeah. Um, and. Now times that by 10. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he is a good face. And He's, he is so articulate. He looks great on camera. Here's the. It was oh. the funniest thing ever. We both went on the news channel, right? So I went mm-hmm. on the news four times in three days when we launched Little Bean. Mm-hmm. And one of those times he came with me. And then when I watched the rerun and I saw how he was He's filmed versus me, I was like, dude, I'm never stepping in front of a camera uh, ever again. Nothing against you, but I I get that totally. And so when I started doing my events years ago, mm-hmm. he was he was about number five at Tabla, the mm-hmm. number five event that we did, right. the fifth one. He became the model for me of the way every chef should be. And then it he, was disappointing he, it from is, there on in because ridiculous. Not, he, not everybody could be that. He speaks. Great. He's very, very articulate. Right. And he's very good looking and he's got great eyebrows and he's thin enough to not look fat on TV. Right. So, <laughs> and, and extolling the virtues of little being of yeah. a product like that. I needed him. Yeah. It's harder. He was, he was a no brainer for me. Good. And it's plus, working out. Plus actually pre Morgan, when I was wanting to work, when I was wanting to jump into the ice cream game, cause I wanted to do more plant focused ice creams, but not exclusively be a vegan ice cream. I originally hired him to help me make stuff because he has, he has one dish at his restaurant at, that was at his restaurant when it was a open. Restaurant? For, yeah. It was a celery sorbet or celery ice cream. It was amazing. It's, it's one of the top five things I've ever eaten in my life. And I don't ever give those platitudes to desserts. And he, I, I was just blown away by a celery ice cream. And then we started working on it and then we shelved it because we just didn't get the traction that I wanted. And then I came up with the idea for chickpea ice cream called Morgan, who is as equally talented in the most opposite of directions that you can go from Anthony, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I'm going to write a book called Morgan's monster one day. You know I, mean? I have all my, I, I've met him once, Yeah, but I have all these touch points with other chefs who've referenced him in different ways and so I many, tell, I so tell much people, praise. Oh yeah. You praise. have to, you have to respect his talent. Right. But then we did an event at Tasty and Alder. We opened that Yeah, and John Gorham went through this long introduction of Morgan talking about how great it was and how proud he was to have Morgan. And then two days later he was gone. Yeah. So, um, Morgan is... He is an anomaly. You know what I mean? Like people ask me all the time, like, how have you been able to work with him for this long? And it's like, I treat Morgan like fire. I don't get too close to it because I'll get burned. And I don't get too far away from it because the fire will go out. I I respect Morgan's passion and his passion is his fire. And 
I tell people whenever I hire a new staff, like for Bayes, because he's been in the kitchen at Bayes by himself, but when I start bringing on employees, I'm like, you need to realize this man is like the Old Testament. <laughs> he, he is that way. I'm, there, I'm not going to try and change because the, the role that he plays in, in my life and in my businesses is not a personal role. It is a straight up kitchen role. Like he is an, an amazing person to go down out and he's wealth of information. There's no chef in this town that will not say that that man is great at what he does. Right. That's all I've heard yeah. from a lot of people. And to have, you know, people like Jason French, which the first guy who said, when I asked him what's his favorite meal ever, it was Clark Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. And, that man, um, it, at the it time. Is, it's still one of my favorite meals ever. Right. And so, so speaking of, uh, Lately, anybody in town doing things that, uh, have, well, I, I'm a little old school. Yeah. I, I eat at ringside once a week. That's, that's my go-to. We didn't plan that, but you know, I know you guys, you guys, you guys plug them, but I'm like, the funny thing is I actually eat there weekly. Like I, I know all of them. Jimmy's known me for 16 years right. behind the bar mm-hmm. and I go in and they, it's funny cause they, it's like they, that was one of the first places I applied in town. Because when you get a job at a steakhouse, you stay at a steakhouse. The mm-hmm. valet has been there parking some version of my car for the last 13 years. Right. And they, they keep their staff, but they had a, they had a new guy working behind the bar for the, for like the first time in forever. And I was Andy? like, I don't know, not Andy, the other guy, it's right. this new guy since they did the remodel. And I came in and I was literally off of a 16 hour shift at, uh, Bays. at Bays. I walked in with flour in my hair and the guy sized me up and he's like, so what you want? And I was like, I, I'd never have to place my order when I go there. I sit down and Jimmy goes, here's your jumbo shrimp cocktail. Here's your glass of, of olives. Cause I always get a glass of like cheap martini olives because mm-hmm. I don't drink, but I love the martini olives and I always get my filet with a lobster tail and that's it. And I sat down, I was like, no, I was like, I know what I want. And he's like, just, it was just weird to have that experience with somebody new there because I go there because it's not new. It's, it's tried and it's tested and it's been around forever. And I, every company event that I've ever done, I've, I've typically done there. You know, I celebrated my kid's 21st birthday there, which was weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I sit down and the, the general manager comes out and he's like, dude, I didn't know you had a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you were capable of it. I, speaking of kids, I, that's where I went when my, uh, oldest son, got his first job. I said, make a reservation at ringside. We're going there tonight. And it was the most awesome experience. And I use I'm that going word to ringside tonight. Tonight's the night I go, I go on Mondays cause I don't want to deal with anybody. I don't want to deal right. with anybody traffic or flow or date. Do, night do or... you ever get the, um, the, um, the, the three course special? No, never. Yeah. No, you never. have what you want. Yeah. But I went, so there was the first time ever I got to hear my son walk in to the Host stand and say reservation for Angelus. It wasn't Aww. me saying it. It was just like I had I had, a, I had a teaching moment with my kid when we was there when we when I went for his twenty first birthday. I was like, dude, when you walk into a steakhouse, you have to know your steak and you have to know your drink. Mm-hmm. When you walk into a sushi bar, you have to know your sushi and you have to know what you want. Mm-hmm. Those are the two places where you typically don't look at the menu. Right. This is what I want. This is how I want it. That's what I want to drink with it. Like. Just get into that thing. He's like, what's yours? I'm like, it's a, either a prime rib or a choice filet or a prime filet with a side of lobster tail and then mash. That's it. That's what not I want. Not the bone-in ribeye? Nope. I'm not a ribeye guy. Okay. I'm not a ribeye guy. And have I've you never, had the gra- the never gr- been a ribeye guy. The grass-fed filet at oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. It's great. Yeah, that's the one. Good. All right. Well, let's do that too. 
Let's yeah. let's do a ringside and we'll get court there. It's hard to get. I'm in. All right. And let's do pizza on your deck. And then you're welcome to come out to Manzanita and pizza on my deck. Okay. Too, or something. Are you going to make me pizza? Because I can make you pizza. I'm not going to make it for you. I'll get it at Marzano's, which is a, which is a passable, good pie to have the, as the only one in your town. Yeah. So I like that. But you bring the dogs. I, what I will do is provide a fun time for four dogs to frolic on the beach. Oh, they'd love it. Yeah. So you got to do that. I can do that. Yeah. So, um, you know, this I think is the third time you've been here. So we've been doing this. We're come, We're closing out six years, believe it or not, wow. on this podcast. And it's always a cool thing. I know it's going to be great to have you. And, you know, it's not everybody we want to invite back. But you're also doing so many new things all the time. You've always got something to talk about. But even if we weren't talking about restaurants, I still find it really fascinating and fun to speak with you. That's fun. So or like to have it. a conversation. And I'd like to have a conversation outside. We've only done this with, oh, with no, headphones I, and mics. Me, I'm guarded. Yeah, no, I, I know. I'm on this thing, and I may I may seem like I spill. Trust me. I know if we're broadcasting to an audience, I know what to say and what not to say. Yeah, well, that's true. But you've always been, um, you know, we've been kind of uh, text friends. Mm-hmm. You've texted me here and there out of the blue. It's like, oh, Micah's texting me. So yeah. um, I'll follow that up with, hey, come out to the beach sometime. No problem. Cool. Thanks for coming. I know it's probably tough. Are you going back I'm to base right, right back now? I'm going putting an apron on. And, and are you working the line? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Cool. I'm showing people how to handle hordes of people. Like, this This is what I want. I want five-minute ticket times. The sauces are great. I that love, honey mustard is amazing. The honey mustard was fantastic. However, you were out of the peach, the spicy peach. I got peach. it back. I didn't think that was going to be a thing. I, that's the first thing I wanted. So and when they every, said we were, Everybody, they were like, when are you getting it back? When are you getting it back? When are you getting it back? And I went in this morning. I was at, I was at Sheridan at six this morning. Like, give me everything that you have that's peaches so I can take it, boil it down, throw some vinegar and chili garlic sauce in it and bring it out. And it I, worked. I got to have that. But I have to say, I thought we got the horseradish ranch mm-hmm. too. The two sauces. They play off each other. They play off each other, but the chicken got, there was, it was great, but it got incredible once we had the sauces and I was just dipping you, with, with chicken, you always want that double dip. You know what I mean? It's yeah. either going into mashed potatoes and a sauce or it's going into this or that. And today we just changed the menu up because I took that damn grill out of there. I, that thing threw everything off. Mm-hmm. I called in Dominic cause he was like, dude, I, I don't eat fried chicken all the time. I want a grilled sandwich or I want a grilled salad. I was like, cool, we'll do that. It ate up so much real estate under that hood. And I was like. I need another fryer. I don't need a grill and I don't need to grill five clubs to order when we're selling 500 sandwiches a day. I don't need 1% of them to throw this whole thing off. Right. So I got that. I'm getting that grill out. We changed the menu up, but now I've got gravy as a side because that's one of the gravy that Morgan did is I'll put that gravy up against anybody's and you can dip your chicken in that. I just had some Tad's chicken and dumplings last night. That gravy's pretty good. You've been ever been out there? Yeah, been to Tad's. Yeah, been years. So we just went. It was a fun thing. So gravy, and I've been eating chicken, dipped, scraping it through applesauce my whole life. Oh, I love that. Yeah, apple butter. Mots. Apple butter is better. Probably, but I'm really happy with some cold applesauce. Yeah, dip it through, and if I don't have applesauce, I kind of feel like I'm. Did missing. you ever have the? Have you ever eaten at Church's chicken? Yeah. Okay, so Church's has purple pepper sauce. I don't remember that. Oh, it's like boysenberry syrup with black pepper in it. Oh, nice. It's amazing. Okay. Sorry. Fourth time you said amazing. We have, we have to cut. Fifth, you're counting Fifth. too. Yes, I'm, I'm seeing how many times I can say it. Podcast is over. Thanks, Micah. All right. Bye.
Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 